Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Jared Waitley. Here's a snapshot of Thursday, February 1. Allen Border medalist Mitch Marsh joined me the morning after. Uh, I think, yeah, just I'm really proud. Um, you know, individual awards in a team sport are often, uh, I don't know, it's a bit of a weird thing when you um, spend your whole year playing as a team. But um, I think to to win an, an Allen Border medal and to have um, AB up on stage presented and give me a hug, which is uh, probably <laughs> the biggest surprise of the night. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's truly special and uh, I could not wipe the smile off my face last night. And Marsh reflected on the moment that changed so much at Headingley. Um, oh, yeah, it's a, you're right, it's a big question. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful that uh, people don't remember too much of my early career, <laughs> <laughs> certainly in the test arena. Um, but, you know, certainly that innings has, um, I guess, allowed me to... Uh, certainly over the last six months to, um, to have my own way now and, um, and I really hope that people enjoy, I guess, watching me bad. And plenty of you shared your admiration as Marsh has won the nation over. Look, mate, it's fantastic what's happened. I think um, one that comes to mind is Shane Watson. I, I think because he wore his heart on his sleeve, the more maligned he was, the better he got. Yes. And he ended up winning a similar sort of award and I think... The Marshes, they just had so much expectation because of the talent that they had. I mean, they were always going to cop it for, for how much they had inside, weren't they, really? Yes, thank you, Jared. Look, um, so, look, I've got to be careful how I frame this up. But I think what Mitchell Marsh has shown to a generation of us who are, you know, probably dinosaurs in the landscape, that we grew up in the 80s loving, loving his father, A.B., Merv, Booney, um, Dean Jones, you know, that, that was our cricket team we loved. And the way he uh, conducted himself and it was self-effacing last night really made uh, folks like us feel a connection back with how it was for us during the 80s. Chris Rogers gave us the latest on Will Pukowski, who won't play this Shield game. Uh, he's unavailable. Um, he experienced some delayed symptoms uh, after... Um, getting hit in the helmet uh, in the second 11 game in Adelaide last week. And, and um, they're only minor symptoms, but um, I think uh, everyone here at Cricket Victoria is pretty, uh, you know, um, making sure that we're, we're doing the right thing, conservative with, with our approach. So usually it's probably a seven-day approach for um, recovery for, for most people. For, for Will, we've pushed it out to 12. So this, this game is just a little bit tight, but... There were still some good signs. You know, he went out to bat a bit, um, which he hasn't done before. So kind of long-term 
um, thinking that it, it was um, it was positive, but obviously still, you know, he's got a few symptoms, so we just want to be we want to make sure we're doing the right thing by him. So, how how concerning were the events in real time as as you were living them in that on that day's play? Yeah, I, I was there, so um, it's always a concern when when he gets hit hit in the helmet. But what was what was you know, um, and I and Nick Maddinson was batting with him, and and actually. Nick said to me later, he said, you know, it was really interesting. Was was Will was desperate to stay out there. He was he was keen to keep going, and, and um, um, he hadn't. We haven't really seen that before, so that was the real positive. And then and then after that, he came off. He just said, um, you know, he felt okay. Uh, went out and had a hit in the nets, and said, yeah, he was ready to go. So everything seems pretty good. Um, so yeah, whereas when you when it happens right at the time, you obviously get. Get, a, get very worried, but um, the way he reacted was really positive. Dr David Hughes outlined recommended concussion guidelines for community and junior sport. Yeah, so for, for youth and community sport, we're recommending that from the time of concussion, uh, there should be an, a minimum, and just to be clear, that's a minimum, of 21 days uh, from the concussive incident until they return to competitive contact. So that's back playing the game completely unrestricted. But the rider uh, is that during that 21 days, if they're going to get back there, means they must complete 14 days uh, uh, where they're exercising, but they're symptom-free, not experiencing any symptoms. And after they've uh, had that 14-day uh, symptom-free, they can go back to contact training. And uh, if they complete the 14 days and a bit of contact training, then that's a pretty good sign that their brain is ready to, uh, to resume contact activities. I think it's really important for your listeners to understand that the day someone feels good, they've still got a brain injury. They, they need to have this provocation of non-contact exercise to sort of put their brain under stress, much the same way we do with a hamstring when we're rehabilitating a hamstring to make sure that it's actually good to go. How have you come to these thresholds, Doctor? Uh, so, well, it's based on um, uh, research that shows, you know, there was a big uh, meta-analysis and uh, systematic review um, uh, that was published in 2023 that showed the uh, the mean time for return to sport when people are following certain protocols is around the 21-day mark. Um, we know that uh, if you do not have a buffer between the time when you feel symptom-free and when you uh, return to contact sport, you're more likely to end up uh, suffering further concussions, which then becomes very complicated if you have multiple concussions. Um, and uh, um, clearly... There is concern in the Australian community and the Australian community is asking organisations like the AIS to take a leadership role in putting something in place which we want to have standardised across all sports in Australia um, uh, so that there's less confusion, less disagreement about return to sport protocols and uh, so that uh, we're optimising safety and wellbeing for athletes at the community and youth level. And that's where 95% of concussions are happening, even though a lot of the attention gets focused on the top end of town in elite sport, 95% um, of concussions are actually occurring in, um, in community and youth sport. And Shannon Gill recounted the iconic moments of one-day internationals against the West Indies. Yes, they, they beat us up for, for such a long time, but they were, they were here so often uh, and that, that you know breeds familiarity, but but I think when when Australia wasn't beating them, you couldn't help but then sort of <laughs> admire and fall in love with them, and and I think that is something that for the last you know twenty seven years or longer, 
we've all kind of craved that, yeah, we don't want to get beaten up by the West Indies, but geez, they're good to watch when, when they're going. And we haven't had that. And there's been a hole in cricket. Well, that's, that's, that's been the case. So the great social study of the week was, was it unpatriotic to barrack for the West <laughs> Indies on Sunday? But it's a much more nuanced conversation with that history. Yeah. So you think it, we, we actually, we actually spoke of this, this, the 1960, 61 series of, um, which is the tight, what the tied test series. So West Indies and Australia tie in the first test. Now that was seen as a savior of test cricket. So the Australian public came out and, um, farewelled the West Indies like they were their own. So they were the most popular team to have ever toured. And that, I think that held a place in people's hearts for a time. And then we get to world series cricket which happens a little bit later on. And the West Indies are part of World Series cricket. Um, Kerry Packer gets them in. And then from that point in time, you know, and I think it's on record, Kerry Packer thought he loved the West Indies. He wanted them to be there the whole time. So when cricket um, unifies and, and Packer has a, an absolute stranglehold on the way cricket's run, the West Indies are, there, are here all the time. So the next... 16, if you include the World Series cricket for 16 summers, the West Indies were here playing either Tess or ODIs or both 10 of those summers. <laughs> 10 of the 16 which is, summers. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. But it's why I think if you're not of that generation and you didn't discover cricket during that generation, like I think both we did, yep. you might not understand or, or cannot see the fuss of why we all bang on about, oh, West Indies would be, you know, the West Indies being great would be great for cricket. And that's just a snapshot. The full program and all interviews are available through the Waitley podcast. Subscribe at sen.com.au.